a new twist in the climate change story. That and more on H2O Radio's weekly news report. I'm Jamie Sudler. I'm Franny Halperin, and it's This Week in Water. The West saw heavy levels of precipitation in many areas this winter, and this is good news for water levels in Lake Mead on the Colorado River, the country's largest reservoir. According to the Bureau of Reclamation, by the end of March, the lake had risen around three feet above projections and is about five feet higher than last July's record low. And more good news? The National Weather Service said that as of April 1st, Lake Powell, another large reservoir on the river, is forecast during the snowmelt runoff season to get more water than 170% of the last 30-year annual average. Those amounts of precipitation would have to continue to solve the decades-long drought in the southwest and bring lasting relief to the 40 million people who depend on the river. Brad Udall of Colorado State University told the Colorado Sun that it would take something like six years in a row, like this year, to refill the reservoirs, which he said is unlikely we're ever going to see. In related news, last week the Biden administration said it will use nearly $350 million to enhance tribal water resources and to fund conservation in the Colorado River Basin. A new study is highlighting the benefits of a method to store renewable energy that can heat and cool homes and buildings when wind turbines aren't spinning and the sun isn't shining. It's called Aquifer Thermal Energy Storage, or ATIS for short. Researchers at the U.S. Department of Energy's Berkeley Lab describe ATIS as a delightfully simple concept. A system would pump water up from existing underground aquifers, warm it using excess energy from solar or wind, or allow it to heat at the surface during the summer. Then it's pumped back down into a shallow aquifer where it will stay fairly hot because it's well insulated underground. In winter months, the water is pulled up and pumped through buildings for heating. The reverse could also work to cool buildings, chill water at the surface, and pump it underground until needed in hotter months. The method, while currently costlier than existing energy technologies, could reduce the use of natural gas and electricity in the building sector by 40% in the U.S. and could also help prevent blackouts caused by high demand even during extreme weather events. In the last few weeks, the U.S. has endured a series of deadly tornadoes which left homes and businesses destroyed and more than 60 people dead. It's been an aggressive start for this year's tornado season, which is also notable for where the storms occurred, ravaging Alabama, Illinois, Mississippi, Tennessee, and Arkansas, far east of the so-called Tornado Alley of the Great Plains where twisters are more common. According to new research from Northern Illinois University, that high activity and eastward shift could be the beginning of a trend. As the planet heats up because of climate change, there's more moisture in the air and areas where the atmosphere is increasingly unstable, two key ingredients to spawn tornadoes. To arrive at their conclusion, the team modeled two greenhouse gas concentration scenarios, one considered intermediate and the other pessimistic. Under both trajectories, the number of annual supercells, an uncommon type of thunderstorm that can spawn violent tornadoes, 
becomes more frequent and intense, increasing by 7 to 15 percent respectively. If the models are correct and a growing number of storms shift eastward, particularly into the Ozarks and Mid-South, tornadoes have the potential to be more damaging because they'll likely be in more populated areas. And finally, Major League Baseball is in full swing, and for fans hoping their sluggers successfully swing for the fences, they might just get their wish. A new study says climate change could lead to more home runs. Researchers at Dartmouth College analyzed more than 100,000 Major League games and 220,000 individual hits to correlate home runs with unseasonably warm temperatures. They found that more than 500 home runs since 2010 can be attributed to higher-than-average temperatures. That sounds like a lot, but it's only about 1%. By the end of the century, though, if greenhouse gases aren't batted down, they say homers could rise 10%. It's basic physics. Warmer air is less dense, allowing baseballs to go farther through the thinner air that has less resistance. To counteract the effects of climate change, games would need to be played at night or in covered stadiums. That would also make sure teams and fans alike are more comfortable as the planet warms. While a study that analyzes global warming and America's favorite pastime might seem less important than warning about consequences like heat waves, droughts, and severe weather, using a cultural reference like baseball might resonate with a wider audience to communicate that if we don't step up to the plate and act on climate, we're going to strike out. That's it for This Week in Water, which is sponsored today by our contributary, Margarita Rhodes of California. Margarita said, as a surfer, I applaud the focus H2O Radio brings to water issues and the coastal environment. Keep riding that wave, H2O Radio. We will, Margarita. Thanks for listening and see you next week.